very, very happy to see you again, and welcome if this is your first time in the Rescogita's podcast channel. Rescogita, the ecological startup that aims to have an impact on individuals, on society, and on the biosphere. So remember to follow us on www.rescogita.academy. Now, sit back, relax, enjoy. My name is Lorenzo Nava, and I speak on behalf of Rescogita. Today is the first episode of a mini-series of podcasts that are going to talk about Carl Jung, individuation and archetypes, and that is to understand how is he considered to be the father of ecopsychology. So, ready, steady, start! Individuation! Or as Jung put it in his book, De Principium Individuationis. Everything sounds much cooler in Latin somehow. So, in other words, individuation, what does it mean? How things are identified and distinguished from other things. And this concept, concept has been studied by many, many, many fields of human knowledge. And of course, as most of them, finds its roots in philosophy. And here is a general idea, um, is understanding how things can be identified as individual and separate entities, and not as something else. And we're not talking just about objects. Individuation also explores how can we distinguish also a person as different from other people, or even other elements in the world. Let's remain in the cradle of philosophy, ancient Greece, and quote Parmenides or Protagoras, as different people say, Man is the measure of all things, things that are which they are, things that are not which they are not. Hmm. And let's jump a few centuries ahead. Let's go to the 16th century, when philosophy collided, or reunited, depends on the point of view, again with science. And then came the question about individuation. So what makes individuality? And how does it affect identity? And what makes sameness at different points in time? Hmm. Well, they had to wait a few centuries for Carl Jung to come up with the term analytical psychology and to define the process of individuation, saying that the individual self-developed from a collective unconscious. Wait, what? Collective unconscious? And this is a psychological process that comes from the inborn personality elements that we have as soon as we are about to be born into the physical world, which together make up for the immature mind. Then our life experiences become, if successful, integrated over time in a fully functional whole. So, individuation is the stage where the individual transcends group attachment and narcissistic self-absorption. Fancy words, right? Okay, let's try to simplify it a bit. Individuation equals psychological integration. is a process where you take shape and form and differentiate from other humans as the psychological individual develops uniquely from the general and collective psychology. This needs, this requires 
transformation. Both collective and personal and conscious are brought into the conscious mind. How? Maybe through dreams, imagination, free association possibly, and become part of the whole, entering the whole personality. Oh, and by the way, this process is completely natural and to many extents happens by itself as these parts find their place and integrate in the psyche. Once it happens, individuation that is, it is a holistic and it has a healing effect on the person at both mental and physical level. Cool, huh? Well, the theory of individuation shows us an unconscious mind full of mythical images, libido, and ways for us to be introverted or extroverted. And this is communicated through the purpose of dreams and constructive approaches to building, shaping, and using our fantasy. However, individuation cannot be grasped fully except by a correlated parallel and reciprocal individuation knowledge. So, we're going now to summarize and a bit paraphrase Stiegler, who was a Jungian psychologist, and describing what individuation means in eight passages. The first one, I, me, the I, is a psychic individual, and the I can be understood and conceived only when it is in relation with the concept of we. Understanding that we means the collective individual, and within that collective individual is born the I, that takes shape within the collective tradition and comes into existence by being acknowledged by the we. Number two, when we talk about inheriting the individualism from the collective, what we mean is not directly receiving something from our ancestors, rather identify uh, cultural elements that exist in the collective, which are adopted by the individual and transformed into pillars of identity. Three, therefore, the I is a process and not a permanent state. It, the I is a process of flexible and ongoing individuation, a psychic individuation with a purpose of becoming one and whole. And since it's a process, we can't really say when it has an end. There might not be one, because of the multiple nature, influences, and multitude of individual eyes that form the collective one. And what impact they have on one another. For we, by the way, is also a process, this time of collective individuation. To find out the I that is within the we means individuation of the we, made by multitudes of I's. Personal identity is understood through understanding collective identity, and collective identity is understood by identifying the individual identities within. 5. There is a thread that connects the quest to identify the I and that of identifying the we. 
and that is a system that is above both, an effective and positive one, a system higher up, which encourages the encounter between the I and the we, and identifying the individual and collective identity means also to identify that connection and common thread. 6. This system holds a very special role. Every object, notion and thought exists here, and its existence depends very much on how this is arranged and matches other technical systems, and exists in all other eyes that exist within the we. Therefore, connecting them and bringing them to light, the individual and collective identity, more or less like wires of the same color connect to each other. 7. This technical system can wire the process of understanding, followed by harmonization, which results from the technical systems being identified, and individuation of the I and of the we becomes part of the same process, thus becoming psychic, collective, technical individuation giving life to three branches, which are the vital individuation of natural organs, the technological individuation of artificial organs, and finally, the psychosocial individuation of organizations and linking them together. The final point Stigler makes is that in the process of individuation, knowledge emerges, which also determines how this knowledge is organized and how knowledge will use the individual and collective experiences to further shape the individual and collective identity. So now we're going to have a short look into psychodynamics because then we'll have all the grounds ready to go into archetypes in our next broadcast. So Jung had a pretty unique view to the human condition. It was well explained in uh, his uh, writings was called the individuation process and showing a multi-level view of the human mind and that includes accepting that there is a conscious and an unconscious world at work inside of us and analytical psychology as in individuation is a central process of human development generally speaking individuation can be seen as a process of understanding or realizing, um, but today this term is predominantly used in, in psychology. Although Jung meant much more than that, seeing this process extend beyond psychology and enveloping philosophy, mysticism, spiritualism. Individuation can be defined in his words, the achievement of self-realization through a process of integrating the conscious and the unconscious. Jung's work at the time was a breakthrough, an innovation, a revolution, and like all revolutions, was left incomplete, as his digging seemed to be never-ending and left it for the generations to come to complete it. The ground was set by stressing the primary importance of the individual psyche and the personal quest for wholeness. Individuation, so wholeness, is achieved through developmental analytical psychology. By integrating the ego 
which is our consciousness, with the personal and collective unconscious. And this one comes to us uh, by seven presuppositions. The first one being that it is in the nature of the psyche to become, to aim for wholeness. The second one being that the self is made of three parts, the ego, our conscious, the personal unconscious and the collective unconscious. And that um, and the archetypes and their individual manifestations are located here. And this we will discover in the next broadcast. So, just briefly, archetypes are, the, are dynamic and come spontaneously within both the individual and the collective mind. We could call them autonomous energies, which are common to our whole human species, responsible for the dynamic, for the dynamic properties of the mind and helpful in its organization. And the effects can be seen across the whole human race. The fourth point being that the purpose of achieving this wholeness is transcendence, integrating the apparent split that exists between what seem to be polarized and opposites in archetypal structures. The fifth point being wholeness of the psyche includes recognition and acknowledgement of the spiritual dimension of the human psyche. And be careful, we're saying spiritual, not necessarily religious. And the sixth point is understanding what role do images play when they spontaneously come to the human mind. And when we say images, we include emotions and instincts as well. And understand what message do these images convey concerning the dynamic processes that are happening in both personal and collective unconscious. And what is their helpful intention? moving the ego towards psychic wholeness. The last point, that the most important step towards wholeness is to recognize the presence and existence of a multiplicity of psyche and psychic life and that the organizing principles at play are plenty, which also means there is quite a high potential for conflict, as we all know. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening to us and hope that this small broadcast has tickled your curiosity. Just one final note. Although this theory and approach stems from psychology, it does not mean that it's applicable only in the hands of psychologists, therapists and analysts. Such principles are very adaptable to multiple support professions such as coaching, counseling, training through non-formal education, and that is what we in Escogita do. So, thank you very much for listening. See you in the next uh, broadcast. And remember to follow us on www.rescogita.academy. Until then, please take, do take good care of yourself. Goodbye.